Nathan Jones finally gets the sack. But Stoke still can't win. For at least one Friday night, Barnsley would not stay dead. And Wayne Rooney is in the house at Derby. This is Hello, RJ. Hello, Barge. How are you doing tonight? I am doing splendid. And you? I am doing far better than Nathan Jones. But before we get to Mr. Jones, let's start off Friday night. Barnsley, Bristol. What a game. This game had everything. It was everywhere. If you remember, I predicted a 1-2 victory by Bristol, and I said, I think it's going to be closer than expected, but Bristol will get the win late. I said a 2-0 win by Bristol. I was correct about the excitement coming at the end. Just wrong about the team giving it and the result. Yeah. This marked the start of a fantastic 15th match day. Barnsley looked put out to pasture after Wyman put it into the bottom corner, but Barnsley did something very unexpected. They kept pushing and marched their way to a third tie in four games, which doesn't sound good, but for Barnsley, that's exceptional because that's a third of the total points they've got this entire season. Yes, this draw lifted Barnsley out of bottom spot in the league. No longer the wooden spoon. Saturday saw us get Wigan versus Swansea. I said it was going to be a dose-dose draw. I predicted a 3-1 victory by Swansea. Final score? 2-1 victory by Swansea. I was really close. Yes, it was about as late as you could wait to get the goal, but it came the 92nd minute winner gave the Swans back-to-back victories. And it delighted the coach of Swansea. Who nobody knows who he is. (laughs) (laughs) Then we had Luton versus Nottingham Forest. Yes, I went with a 1-1 tie on that one. I also went with a 1-1 tie, but the final score? A 1-2 victory for Naughty Forest! Wow! Rain-soaked pitch. Oh, it was a horrible-looking match, and the loot stadium just was shining bright in there. You know, Luton looked good in the final 10 minutes of that match, and they almost did enough to get a draw, but Nottingham Forest pulled it out. After the match, Luton Town manager Graham Jones confirmed that his club is in a relegation battle even after just 15 matches. Yeah, he, he said, I didn't want to say it before, like it might jinx the club or something. I think it's been pretty obvious since about the fourth match day that they were in a fight. We'll see what happens. Then Sunday, 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 we had... Charlton Athletic versus Preston North End. I thought that Charlton was going to break the Preston North End experience with a 2-1 victory. I did not think that. I went with Preston 3-1. Final score? Preston 1-0. Yes, what did I learn? Never bet against Preston North End. Even when not looking that impressive, they still get the points. They now have managed 10 points. From their last five games. Yeah, disputed penalty, but they still got the win. That's what you need. Monday, Stoke, West Brom. Obviously, the the sun is out in Stoke. They have got rid of the 
terror that was Nathan Jones after 10 months. They got this rid of the Welshmen. They were going to rise. Yeah. This was it. I predicted that West Bromwich Albion would win the game 2-0. I predicted a 3-0 West Brom victory. And I believe I also said, they but still will stay with Nathan Jones. You did. You did. Final score... 2-0, just like I said, to West Bromwich Albion. And they did not keep Nathan Jones. You thought the sudden change in the air would get some response from Stoke. Well, that no. was not a good response. If that's the response, it's going to be a long, long season. Their caretaker boss summed it up saying, West Brom only had a couple good chances, but we had none. All I can say about West Brom, they just looked real comfortable clinching those two goals and forcing Stoke to the bottom. A few other games I just want to mention. Leeds versus QPR. Leeds took the game 2-0. Tyler Roberts got his first goal since October 2018 for Leeds, while the the Rangers will want to forget this trip. Darby, 2. Middlesbrough, 0. I thought the sacking of their captain would cause trouble for Darby, but it turns out it was nothing. The team looked positive, and Tom Lawrence, who was involved in the drink-driving incident that resulted in their captain getting tossed, scored both goals for his club. Darby is starting to look solid again. The last game I'm going to note, the Bees of Brentford lost at home to Huddersfield. 1-0. And why do I note this? The Terriers have now won back-to-back games for the second time this season and are undefeated since the 22nd of September. What happened right after the 22nd of September? The Cowley brothers became in charge. And that's when the sexy football began at Huddersfield. Yep. Sexy, sexy football. That was the week of scores. How are the U.S. players looking? Well, let's start with Cameron Carter-Vickers, our favorite Carter-Vickers of Stoke. He conceded a desperate penalty in the 69th minute while trying to prevent an easy goal, earning a yellow for his trouble. Good news for him. Everybody else not named Joe Allen looked bad as well. Dwayne Holmes from Derby. He had a good chance on goal but was denied, but he had a solid game overall. Eric Leha. For Hall City was all over the pitch, causing havoc for Fulham during his full 90 appearance. That's two straight clean sheets for the Tigers. Matt Miazga of Reading went the full 90, had a good look at goal, but was not able to sneak it past the keeper. He was a bit guilty on Millwall's goal. Timmy Ream, Fulham. Fulham lost at home again in a very disappointing fashion. He went the full 90. He wasn't really at fault. Well, I guess actually the second goal is kind of at fault, but it's not a great day for Timmy. Anthony Robinson of Wigan tried to give Wigan some added spark moving forward, but his final touch did not match his energy. Other U.S. player of note, Jeff Cameron, did not dress for QPR, which maybe resulted in QPR's 2-0 loss to Leeds. That's the U.S. players. What's some news that happened this week in our beloved The Championship? After our podcast was released last week, Bargie, word came in that Stoke finally fired Nathan Jones. The Welshman is out. It was breaking all over all the news. 
Nothing but Nathan Jones. Yeah, after just nine months in charge, where he won only six of 38 games. Six of 38 games. He got the axe. Along with Nathan Jones' departure, assistant manager Paul Hart and first team coach Joaquin Gomez also left the club. So that left Rory Delap, Kevin Russell, and Andy Quee in charge with the new, well, they were, that leaves Dunlap, Russell, and Key in charge while the new manager search is underway. The club announced they hope to bring in someone, quote, as swiftly as possible. You think? If I can just interrupt for just a moment, Preston Northend initially filed a complaint with the FA over Stokes' approachment of their manager, Alex Neal, trying to get him to come manage Stoke. They've since dropped it after Neal confirmed that he is staying with Preston. To build on that, Bargy, the top contenders to replace Jones, as of right now, of the recording of this pod, Bruce Arena. <laughs> no. Tony Pulis, former manager of a little team called Stoke, bringing him back in the fold, perhaps. And two former Reading managers, Steve Clark and Jose Gomez. That sounds like a very interesting crop of people. You think there is any chance of Josie Moreno? No, I don't think so. But what about Sam Allardyce? You, you got- I checked, actually, Bargy. I looked at the betting odds as of right now. Sam Allardyce is a 33 to 1 odd. I say roll with that. Go put a fiver down. (laughs) Big Sam! Big Sam. He will chew that club apart. So one last thing about Nathan Jones. Why do you fire your manager on a Friday? What changed over the course of the week so that you fire him and a couple days later your team's playing? It doesn't make sense. Why not fire him back on the Monday? He didn't suddenly lose the team in those few days. Yeah, I, it's it's strange. It doesn't really make any sense. It left them rudderless, you know, for the for the upcoming weekend. No I idea. It, I think it speaks to more problems at Stoke than a manager alone can explain away. In more somber news, the EFL failed to enforce their own rules in the lead up to Barry's expulsion from the English Football League in August. What they're saying is that because the EFL did not uphold its own standards on having quality ownership, that the EFL should pay reparations to staff and players who lost their jobs. In a strongly worded letter that was sent to FA Chairman Greg Clark, Acting EFL Chair Debbie Jevons and Sports Minister Nigel Adams, this committee that was assembled from Parliament said that if reforms aren't made, then the government should step in and create an independent set of regulations for the sport. Of note, this strongly worded letter was not sent to the Premier League or anyone from the Premier League. Does this mean that clubs will have to go register their tables at the local council or something? Not quite, Bargy, because in 2011, a similar committee, parliamentary committee was formed. I wrote a similar letter with similar, outlining similar recommendations. Nothing has changed, nothing new. To carry on the happy discussion of the role of money in our beloved game, 
an interesting little twist is happening for a Sheffield Wednesday midfielder, Connor Kirby, who finds himself in the middle of a possible FA Cup boycott. He's currently out on loan to second division club Macclesfield Town, for whom he's played 17 times this season. The players are threatening to miss training before their scheduled first round FA Cup match this Sunday. And this is in protest. The players are already have already demanded immediate payment of past wages due to them. They have not been paid. And they were recently told that last month's salary is also being delayed. So they are protesting. So this, why we're bringing this up in relation to the story a moment ago is this is yet another example of a owner potentially not living up to the requirements that the EFL has set for ownership. Both the EFL and the PFA, which in England is the Footballers Association, have been alerted to the situation in Macclesfield and they are, quote, trying to find a solution. But the whole reason we bring this up is if you look back at Bury and the situation that happened there, ownership not behaving in a way that they should or that they have agreed to by taking on ownership of these teams. Yeah, I think there's a simple way to resolve it. Pay the players their money. All goes away. Talking about paying people. Anybody show up recently in England? Wayne Rooney in the house at Derby. Wayne is here. He has landed. So on Tuesday, Wayne showed up at the club and he talked through his plans with the staff about his training regimen and what exactly were going to be his duties alongside of the other coaches. Turns out he's the one responsible for the pies. And the orange slices. Um, He also visited the club last week. That makes two visits in two weeks. Last week, he met his fellow staff and players, and he received the official tour of the grounds. We're all excited for January, when Wayne Rooney will be back on the field and on the sidelines for Derby. So that's the stories of the week. Let's look ahead to the weekend. Match day 16, coming up fast. On Saturday, on the Plus, we have Nottingham Forest taking on Derby without Wayne Rooney, but who might be watching from a skybox. How do you see this one playing out? I went with Nottingham Forest to Derby nil. Nottingham Forest is a team on a mission right now. I think they're looking like one of the best teams in this league. I'm going 3-1 to the Forest. Then also on Saturday, on the plus, plus. Preston North End versus Huddersfield Town. This is an epic game. I'm so happy this one's on the plus. These are the two hottest teams in the league. Woo, strong words. I never thought I'd be saying that, especially three, four weeks in when Huddersfield looked like bottom feeders. They are the best teams we've got going right now. How do you think this one's going to end up, RJ? Ooh, Carlin Grant has scored nine goals, putting him in the upper end of contention for most goals scored. And the Cowley brothers have done some amazing things, but I still don't think it's good enough to best the team sitting second. I went Preston two, Huddersfield one. This is the greatest test the Cowley brothers have ever faced. They are going to make a go at it, but they will not be good enough to one. Preston North end. Sunday on the Blues! Cardiff versus Bristol. How do you think this one's gonna play out? (sighs) This was a tough one for me. I think, because Cardiff at home has been really strong, 
but Bristol's been really strong. I went with a 1-1 draw. That is so epically odd because I too went 1-1 in this game. It's just screaming for a tie. Still be fun to watch on the plus. So what games are we following or talking about not on the plus? Just the one. Barnsley versus Stoke. Epic fight at the bottom. It's a bottom of the bowl scramble. Who's going to make it out? Who's going to rise up? Barnsley. (laughs) Stoke has absolutely nothing going for him. The match this past Monday was just dreadful. I don't see how that gets turned around in a week. I'm going 2-0 Barnsley. I went 1-0 Barnsley. Just because you just don't believe in Barnsley. Yeah, because Barnsley's not great, but I think like any hope that Stoke had that Nathan Jones was the reason we're doing poorly. Gah, Monday's game did not look good for them. So I still don't think they got their act together. This week's going to be amazing. Match day 16. You excited, RG? I'm so excited. And you? I'm so excited that I cannot think of any way to express how excited I am. Woo, that's pretty exciting. It's going to be a fantastic one. Thank you so much for listening. If you all like this, please subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions for us, we have an email address. rgbargypod at gmail.com. You can also find our Facebook page and probably some stickers somewhere. Thank you so much for listening. Good night, Argy. Good night, Bargy.